You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of The Report. I'm your host, Troy, along with my sidekick, Lucas. Um, This week, we're going to kind of touch on everything. Pretty MLB heavy, I think, with everything going on. Um, A lot to talk about in the NFL. Not much for the NHL, but yeah, this should be a fun one. I think we need to address the elephant in the room of that sick introduction that we just played. I agree. It is a lot better than the uh, than what we had before. Oh man! If that doesn't get you ready to, to talk some sports, then then you're a corpse. You're not even alive. Let's get into it. <laughs> exactly. Got to got to get some incitement here. NHL. Uh, we have a follow up to the Mitchell Miller story. We'll get into in a second. But I think the first thing that happened this week of note was Penguin former Penguin forward Alex Galchenyuk. I think like ten or fifteen game. Uh, Penguin legend signed with the Ottawa Senators for I think it was 1.05 million dollars and that's one of those bargain deals that I just think is it's a really low risk high reward for both parties both Ottawa and Galchenyuk if he can figure his stuff out I mean it looks great for them and even if not it's a million dollars and they have like a lot of cap to work with so what did you think about that deal though yeah i was gonna say they have like basically endless cap space i don't know it seems like um galchenyuk's just one of those players that's like super hit or miss like he's either like on it or completely off of it so for what they're paying for him i guess it's kind of worth the risk because he's definitely not going to be he's not going to be the best player but he's like not going to be the worst he'll he'll probably fall somewhere in the middle but it just depends on if he's really if he's I guess at the top of his game, then he'll definitely be a pretty good uh, pickup for, you said, what, 1.2? I think it was 1.05, I think it was, for a year. Something like that, yeah. Just a, we'll call it just over a million dollars. Yeah, not a bad pickup. Um, he just did, it just didn't work out with the Pens and their game style. But for the Senators, with a rebuilding team like them, it could be a good fit. They're not, it's only a one-year deal, I believe, so. Yeah, if he can find his uh, rhythm that he had whenever he first started with Montreal, and even towards the end of last year after we traded him to Minnesota in the Zucker deal, he was kind of found his groove a little bit. I've heard there have been rumors that he's had some personal life issues that may have played into his poor performance over the past few years. But if he can find his groove and find it in Ottawa, a hockey market where there's not a ton of pressure, I think that that'd be a good thing for him. So fingers crossed, hoping for the best for him. How about these new Dallas jerseys? <laughs> oh yes. So last week, Dallas, the Dallas Stars unveiled their new um, alternates, and they are basically it is lime green numbers and like a the logo outline on black jerseys. I think there's gray accents. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it is like extremely high contrast. What do you think of them? They're one of the uglier jerseys in the league. They look like they're okay. sponsored by Monster Energy Drink. And it looks like it would be a cool thing if glow-in-the-dark hockey was possible, but it's not. So that's my take on it. I think they're really bad. How about you? 
Okay, yeah, I was about to go to, I was going to say, this looks like some type of, like, promotional jersey or something. I kind of thought it was something like the, um, you know how, like, the ECHL, the uh, East Coast Hockey League, how every year they have, like, the Christmas jerseys and, like, yeah. those kind of, like, gimmicks? That's kind of what I thought it looked like, where it was just, like, some, you know, like, 70s throwback, like, retro night or something. That's kind of what I get from this. It, it hurts to look at, not going to lie. Like, if you look at it long enough, it is... It's rough. It's definitely not um, – we'll go with it's out there. It's not like your normal hockey jersey where it's kind of the, you know, two or three tone. They use rather, I guess, I don't know, like bland colors, I guess. But, yeah, this this is definitely very, like, flashy and new, which is – I think that's kind of what the NHL has been pushing in the past arguably decade or so with change the game. But – yeah, it's definitely very interesting. Um, it seems like everyone's either on one side of the fence or the other. I don't. I haven't really seen too many people that are ecstatic about this, but it is what it is. See how they look on the ice. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's uh, there's no official connection here, but there have been rumors in the past that they're going to try to. Uh, integrate sponsors on the jerseys like they do in soccer or even in uh, European hockey. You see their sponsors everywhere. And this just sets it up perfectly if Monster Energy Drink wants to sponsor the Dallas Stars because that's a, that's literally what they look like. But, um, yeah, I apparently they, they, like, had these out for a while, but they just made the announcement recently because there are pictures of Dallas Mavericks players at a, at a game wearing them, like, in a box. Like during a game where there are fans in a stadium, so they must have had them back in like winter time, and they just have started to reveal them to the public now. But very interesting stuff. And now we're gonna have to make quite a turn here to talk about the Mitchell Miller story, which we talked a good amount about last time. He abused a uh, disabled black kid when he was 14 years old. Just a quick recap, and. That everyone was calling for the Coyotes to renounce his rights, and they did. After a lot of pressure, they did. What What is your take on this? Yeah, so last time, I believe we went into this in pretty much detail on what our perspective is. Um, I don't know. I, it's just I think it's too late because their initial – the Coyotes' initial, like, press release was that um, they knew about this and they were going to kind of – I guess try to like, I don't want to say use him as an example, but like, you know, I guess in quotes, help him along with, you know, I guess getting away from this behavior and it, they were in for the process and, you know, kind of what you would expect. And then now that um, I guess the tables have turned and the pressure was really on them. They basically sent out a uh, statement that pretty much contradicts everything they just said, where they were like, his uh, Miller's core values, it's what you would think. Do not align with the organization, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then, um, he, yeah, he just doesn't – It, yeah, like it doesn't fit and we don't, you know, we don't, I guess, like accept this behavior and, you know, all that stuff. And then they just stated that uh, they released him. He's now a free agent and basically said that he is no longer affiliated with the Coyotes organization. Yeah, they don't condone the behavior now that the public found out about it and pressured them into it. They knew about the story like every other NHL team did before the draft. And I, and I know what happened. The problem was is that they didn't have any picks in the first bunch of rounds. 
He was their first pick in the fourth round, I believe. And he was, he, everyone said he had the talent of like a second or third rounder. And they just saw a guy who fell to them and they were like, oh, we need to recoup some value for all the picks that we lost. And they picked the guy who was second round talent with all this baggage. And they thought for some reason, they must've thought the story would just go under the radar and no one would care, but it very much did not. It's taken the hockey world by storm over the past two weeks. And now Mitchell Miller looks worse. The Arizona Coyotes look worse. And they're just doing damage control at this point. But it's already happened. It's over. There's nothing that they can do. We, ought, we know now, as fans, as the hockey community, that they don't really take these things seriously because they let it, they let it go. They, tra- they drafted him knowing it. So that's my take. I was going to say, I don't even know if it's damage control at this point because it's almost like you're just – smacking the nail even farther into the coffin because like you, you I don't know I just find it it's almost humiliating for the coyotes to just say like hey we know about it we're gonna help them and then it's like everyone finds out so now instead of like you know a defending and being like you know we know he did this blah 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 blah, blah. we're gonna help him now they're like well you know what screw it we're just gonna get rid of him and to my knowledge, I don't think Miller has released anything publicly or an apology or anything. I haven't seen anything. His sister posted something on her Instagram or some letter she posted. I didn't read it all because I think from what I was reading about it, it was a bunch of bullshit. But she was basically saying that someone in the family has like a black uh, loved one or something. So there's no way he could be racist. And it was just, a oh, bunch, yes. it, was, it was a bunch of BS. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he hasn't released anything, but speaking of being released, just like the Coyotes released him, the North Dakota uh, men's hockey team released him. I think the president said that he, uh, the president of the university said he's not allowed to play hockey there anymore. However, the he's still allowed to attend as a student. He's still attending the university, but oh yeah, because they want the money. Yeah, but that's he's every not, university. Yeah, but if you. But like, I, there's a there's legalities there where like the it's a it's a privilege and everything to be in the university and on the hockey team, of course. But like, I don't know if a crime for when you're 14 can really affect you in college. Like, there's definitely like 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 your admittance into a college, unless you do the crime like as a student. I don't think I don't know what exactly. I'm not a lawyer, but I, I'm assuming that there's some kind of discrimination act where you can't do that. But probably somewhere in there who knows but um yeah that's that's my mitchell miller rant yeah so that it kind of looks like it's into him i don't really anticipate yeah he wasn't a number one guy so i don't really anticipate anyone signing him i don't know i maybe he could end up in like some very low minors or like uh you know the echl or something like that a lot if of people they want to deal with it a lot of people said russia send him to the khl they don't, seem to, they don't seem to care about character issues in the KHL. I mean, whatever, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't really – I don't see any NHL teams wanting to slap their name or, uh, yeah, just be associated with him at all. Can't say I blame them, but – Yeah, until, uh, until there's, like, tangible evidence of re- rehabilitation or, like, doing – even apologizing would like actually apologizing to the kid. Well, like he's a man I don't now, think just, that, that would just like I don't think that, that would matter because the real question there is so it's like if you issue 
this is the problem. This is kind of where he's in like a he's in a lose lose situation because it's either a he can he can apologize and that's going to come across as one or two ways. He's um it's too late and he should have done it a while ago. Or um, the other way is he's just apologizing that basically he got caught and this happened to him. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like rehabilitation, like ghosts. Like if you if you have it in your heart to do those acts the acts that him and his friend did, which by the way, apparently his friend did apologize. I don't know if we talked about that last, last episode, like after it, the event happened, his, the, the other person who did it to the kid, this guy did apologize to him, but Miller never did. He never has never did. If you have it in your heart to do that and feel no remorse for it, you have something wrong with you and you need to go get help. You need to go see a therapist or something where he, he needs to get corrected. I understand he's an 18 year old guy. Now he was 14 when it happened. So it's not like this is ancient history, but there needs to be some tangible evidence that he is trying to become a better person before he's allowed back in the hockey community. In my, in my opinion. I don't know. I just think with everything going on, now's not the time for, I guess, something like that to even be like, Oh, it's going to take time. It's no, I know. That's what I'm saying is I don't know. I feel like with everything going on in the current world that, Now's not the best time to, I guess, kind of take that approach. Um, I guess moving on off of that, the AHL uh, released their, I guess, expected schedule. They are saying that they are going to start their season on February 5th, 2021. Um, The AHL, I don't think – they haven't played since, what, March? Since March. Because they straight up just um, canceled, like, no playoffs, nothing. They were – they, they did what the uh, minor leagues in, like, baseball did. They just straight up were like, we're done. And that was kind of the end of that. Yeah, so I guess be on the lookout for that. I, I find it kind of surprising because I guess this will fit into our next, um, I guess, little piece where the uh, supposedly the NHL season won't have less than 48 games which I think that's what we're expecting. We're saying something around what, between probably 50 and 60? Yeah. I think is what we were, what everyone was kind of agreeing with. But uh, the NHL is pushing for a January uh, 1st, 2021 start. So I'm kind of surprised that the AHL is moving it this late because they're going to be, I guess, a little over a month um, like off from the start. So if they're going to do the same amount of games or have even uh, have an even more shortened season, I don't know. I kind of would have thought they would have tried to like parallel it just for like call-ups and that kind of stuff. But Well, the stakes are definitely a lot higher though for the NHL. Like if you think of the money that moves in and out of the NHL, like that's a, I think with bef- the year before COVID. So what is that? 2019 time is, really hard to understand right now. Uh, I think 2019 they made like the revenue was $5 billion. And with COVID they made half of that. The AHL is not making any, like in anywhere near a billion dollars. So they're we're not even open for business. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is it's, it's like a lot higher stakes of a business. So like they don't need to like rush to come back because there's not as much money flowing through where the NHL, they know how much they know just the magnitude of how much they're losing by not having games as soon as possible in the same way that the Ontario hockey league, which I forgot to write down the OHL, I believe they're scheduled to have a February, early February start as well. I read that somewhere. 
So the plan is for the AHL and the OHL are going to start, I guess, beginning of February. And the NHL still wants to run that early January course. And a 48-game season, I believe that's how many games the lockout shortened season was back in 2013. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was all, like exactly 48. So if that's the case, I mean, do we look back on the uh, on that Blackhawks Stanley Cup run any different than we do any other Stanley Cup? I don't think so. So it's not like the season's going to be a, like a a fake season. It's going to just make every game more meaningful. That's that's what I think about it. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess there's kind of two sides to look at this. I feel like down the road, it's still going to be the season with the asterisk on it. The same thing as this season. I think they're all going to kind of be in the, um, I guess, the same boat. But um, I don't know. That is what it is. You'd rather see something than nothing at this point because we want for, what, a good probably three months of straight up just no sports whatsoever. So, yeah. Probably, I think it was like four or five of it, though, really. Like, wasn't it like August when everything started getting up? I think so. Was it? I'm not 100% sure. Like I said, time is – this year has been the, the weirdest year possible. I think it was like late July is whenever everyone started um, announcing, like, their plans. But, yeah. Yeah, so that's all we have for the NHL. We'll probably have some more uh, – so probably more like return to play news within the next few weeks. But other than that, there's not a lot going on. There's still a bunch of uh, really good free agents available though, like, like Hoffman and Vatnin. And so they're going to, there's probably going to be a lot of guys that can be had for cheap contracts before the season starts up. Yeah. The one thing I was surprised is I believe last podcast, I called that there would be a big move. I'm kind of surprised that but we really haven't seen anything. We've seen a couple of minor signings, but I could, I would, I was thinking that someone's going to try to, uh, you know, make some room in that cap because right now we are just just under, I guess, two months away from the start of the season. Plus, you figure training camps and stuff are going to be starting up in the next, what, month or something, I would imagine. Yeah. So, do you think they, want, they would want to start cleaning up the um, the teams that are over on the cap? But we'll see. Yeah, back when, um, just real quick, back whenever Jari signed his extension at his press conference, I remember he said that he was expecting to be back in Pittsburgh mid-November. So I'm assuming if that was the plan then and things haven't changed, then camps are going to get underway around then. So, But we'll see what happens. Like, this, the situation's so fluid. We have no idea. Yeah, no one really knows what's going on. So, yeah, that's NHL. Uh, a lot happened in the MLB since we last spoke. The Dodgers did a thing. Yes, the Dodgers have won the World Series. Um, First one since 1988. Yeah, so that happened. So they were definitely due. So I guess arguably so were the Rays. Hey, you called it. I did call it. That is the one thing. I did call Dodgers at six, and I did call Lightning in six, too. So I am two for two on calling, um, I guess, finals. Okay, early Super Bowl prediction. Who's going to win? Well, I have no idea. Because whatever you say happens. Can you say the Steelers for me? Nah, not yet. We got to get a little closer for that one. Okay, that works. Um, So, yeah, Corey Seager with his magical bat, he won the MVP. I believe he also won the MVP of the uh, NLCS, if I remember correctly. 
So I, uh, he won both of those. But the biggest news that came out of the night that really put a damper on the celebration was good old Redbeard Justin Turner uh, testing positive for COVID in the middle of the game, which the story behind it was is that he had an inconclusive test the day before, and they still let him play. And then midway through the game, they get the call saying, uh-oh, Justin Turner is positive. So they, they're, the MLB calls the Dodgers and says, you need to pull him right now. They, he pull, they pull him, and he's sent to some area by himself in the stadium. And he's told to leave. He's told to completely leave. Uh, Dodgers won the World Series. He runs back onto the field, no mask, takes pictures uh, with all of his uh, teammates, kisses his wife and his kid uh, on the lips, uh, takes a picture – the team picture, he's sitting next to his manager, who's a, like a 70-year-old man, Dave Roberts, a cancer survivor, so probably pretty susceptible to COVID. Definitely weakened the immune system, but um, yeah, uh, I believe he they gave him a mask at some point, except it was around his chin, because I believe in the picture it's around his chin, so you know that, you know. No, you, that, that did you know that defeats- that's, that, no, that's actually the best way to wear a mask? Is it? Yeah, yeah. If you have a beard like me and him, like that, it covers your beard. You don't release it from breathing. That's what the liberals do. You know, it's it comes from the beard. <laughs> I heard. I heard the best way to do it was to um. What you actually want to do is um, hang it from like your ears. Yeah, that's the best. But one. then make sure like to like properly fit it, pinch it over your nose, and then what you want to do is you just want to cut a big old hole. Like yep. right where your mouth is. <laughs> and yeah, that's the ideal way to do it. No, yeah. So they're, the NLB announced that they're investigating that whole situation. And I could not tell you how many people I saw the night of on Twitter saying, it's the biggest moment of his life. Let him celebrate. No, no, I'm sorry. You don't get to celebrate if you get COVID uh, and you're giving it to all your effing teammates. You know what was kind of ironic is, um, you know how on Twitter they have the trending order and you can see like worldwide, Mm -hmm. like what's trending in the nation. It went from, it went Dodgers with World Series up at number one as soon as they won it. And then I think it wasn't even a matter of like 45 minutes. It flipped and it was um, Turner was the number one trending thing. So he really kind of stole all of the, I guess excitement with people just being like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, it really put a damper on like an amazing night. If that wouldn't have happened, there would have been no negative story. It would have all been positive. Dodgers finally do it after all these years, after the years of torture for Dodgers fans. Oh, gosh, jolly. Like, oh, my goodness, I feel so bad for them as a Pirate fan. Uh." After all these years of suffering, they win their World Series. Oh, wait. Oh wait, they have a their third baseman that's just like giving people COVID left and right. I can't. I yeah. was so disappointed. No, can we can we cover the? I think the biggest thing we forgot to mention is the MLB announced that they're going to launch an um investigation. That. And the investigation we oh. put in quotes because I believe we know historically how the MLB loves to handle in quotes investigations. We all know how this goes. Do you we, know? I, we, I actually have an inside yeah. source. I was told of what the punishment's going to be. Oh, I heard. I heard. Well, go ahead. Go ahead and just, what, what did you hear it's going to be? So they're forcing the Dodgers to sell him to the Pirates. 
Oh, really? He's going to be a pirate next year. I hope you're ready. Yeah, that, that's his punishment. Oh, okay. What did you hear? Is, is that not what you heard? No, um, I heard, because uh, like we went in with the Astros investigation, how bad they were hurt. Yeah, oh, I heard oh my goodness. No, I heard what they're doing to make this even is they're actually, unfortunately, as sad as it, as sad as it is, the ball boy has been terminated. They have basically found him as the root cause for this. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm hoping they can draft one. That is, yeah, it's not good. It's it's really bad. But um, yeah, they might actually take the uh, trophy away from the Dodgers because of this. I, that's another rumor I heard. No, 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 no. I heard they're going to take it away, like, and then take it in another room, and then like Lice saw it, and then just give it right back to them. So I heard that's that's because they, technically they took away the trophy. Technically, it's gone. Technically. It's like the Astros. Technically. They did take it. On paper, they did take it. It's true. They just give it back immediately. This is true. It's like the Stanley Cup. Imagine and think about it. Lightning won the cup, right? Yes. What happens? Boom, they take it. And then what do they do with it? They write their names on it and give it right back to them. Unbelievable. I I know. What did they do wrong? So such a shame. Um yeah. But jokes aside, uh that's awful. The stupid Justin Turner. That I, I didn't know that. Like, I figured, be a professional athlete. You might not. They might not all be the sharpest tool in the shed. But this that, is just sheer stupidity. It's stupidity and it's selfishness. It's uh, it's every it's every bad thing. Like, what what's the point of all these precautions that like they went through to to make the season happen? That. Like like society, what we're like doing, we have to wear a mask anytime we leave our freaking house. What's the point of all that if you're gonna have people like him that are positive and know they're positive and just go about it like they're not and like just spread it? It's it's so what selfish. Did you hear? Did you hear? I guess they had to like cancel all the flights and everything else because they made both teams stay and get tested and wait for results and stuff. I don't think yeah. any, I don't think either of them got back for almost three days after because they were originally supposed to leave. They won on what a what they won it on a Tuesday. They were literally supposed to get back like Wednesday midday. Like they were just gonna straight up pack up and leave it. I don't think they got back till like Friday, Saturday or something. They made them stay, wait for results. So it really yeah. put a huge hindrance on everything. Well, thanks, Justin Turner. Good job, idiot. Whatever. Um more big news from the MLB this week was that Steve Cohen was approved by the rest of the MLB owners to purchase the majority stake in the New York Mets. He automatically becomes the richest owner in the MLB. And the only teams that voted no to his purchase were the division rivals, the Phillies, Braves, Marlins, and Nationals. And Mets fans everywhere are rejoicing with the idea that finally they'll have an owner that's going to spend money. Do we know how that feels? It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. So, um, fingers crossed that uh, somebody's going to buy us. <laughs> oh, man, it hurts so bad. It really does. Um, and, of course, we're referring to Robert Nutting, the the Robert Nutting of uh, Seven Springs and Hidden Valley Ski Resorts. And he did the, fiscal respo- the fiscally responsible move by declining – Chris Archer's $11 million option for this next season, and Archer becomes a free agent. Looking back at the legend of Chris Archer as a pirate, 
and seeing his time end like right now, how god awful among the worst trades in the history of professional sports, how bad is this? Um oh man, I don't know. It's up there. It's not good. I don't know. Because, see, this is the thing is I want to make some crappy joke about the Pirates being cheap and, like, declining his $11 million option and go on to some whole absolute just rant. However, Archer has just been absolutely horrendous, very fitting, but um, it's just, yeah, it never worked out. He never really clicked. All you ever heard was potential, 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 or just some excuse where it's like some off day or – I don't know. It's kind of. I'm kind of glad to see this is over with. But um, yeah. I don't know. It just never worked out. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sucks though that uh, you know, we gave up all those assets, all those futures. Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow, gave up all that value that the Rays obviously are benefiting from because they made it to the freaking World Series, and now. He's gone after a year and a half or whatever it was. I don't even remember. Very fitting. Very fitting. Um, something that just came up that I just saw on Twitter is uh, something that might be topical to what we're talking about right now. The AL Cy Young finalists have been announced. And as if we don't know who's going to win the AL Cy Young, the finalists are Shane Bieber, Kenta Maeda, and Hinjin Ryu. I wonder who's going to win. I don't know. Definitely not a bit of a landslide at all. Like, I'm, I'm thinking whatever. it might be the guy that uh, shares a last name with a pop star. Oh. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's just an idea. Yeah, I could see it. So what about Speaking Brad Speaking of Indians, um, <laughs> Brad go. Hand was placed on waivers by the Indians. I believe he had a what was, it was what, $10, $10 million? It was, it was, was pretty it? high for a reliever, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty pretty good contract. He was placed on waivers. Um, I don't know. I guess kind of not surprising, but he is a good player, so I could definitely see him ending, landing um, a solid spot in, I guess, like a, I guess, a middle-of-the-pack team because, obviously, like one of the big names couldn't afford him, but definitely one of those teams that are on the verge of playoffs or even like a championship, I could see him definitely ending up there. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the Indians have just kind of – them and pitchers. I don't know. It's kind of strange how that worked. I think, I'm pretty sure he's also a finalist for the AL Reliever of the Year. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure That's he's – That's pretty unbelievable. Three. So, I'm, the Indians love getting rid of award-winning pitchers. So, it's going to be really nice whenever Shane Bieber is a New York Yankee next year. It's going to be really awesome. Probably. So, speaking of New York Yankees – uh, Giancarlo Stanton had an option to opt out of the rest of his contract with the Yankees. Uh, and it's, I think it's the second richest in MLB history behind Mike Trout. And believe it or not, he decides to, to keep making money. He decided that he's happy making money and he's going to continue making money and he's going to continue making money in New York city. So I'm really happy for him. I think he has four or five years left on the deal, something like that. It's pretty substantial. And he's going to be there for a while, hitting dingers into that 300-foot outfield. That's a joke, which I could probably hit a home run in. But, you know, needless to say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> kind of not surprised with this one. Speaking of um, a lot of money, 
John Lester owes a lot of bars in Chicago a lot of money. $47,000 worth of Miller Lite. Um, yeah, that Lester bought for Cubs fans. And we'll see where he ends up next year. Yeah, the reason he did this is because the Cubs uh, are letting him walk. He's no longer going to be a Cub, but he loved Chicago so much that he said um, there was like a handful of bars that were in the Chicago area. He said, go in there and say, this one's on John or this one's on Lester. It was some saying that he tweeted out. And uh, they definitely got their money's worth. They got a lot of Miller Lite. It was only Miller Lite. Did you see the amount of like tips that he was dashing out? He was doing like a 50% tip on the entire tab. It was insane. I did not see that, but that's pretty awesome. Yeah, there was one where he, I think he dished out like $5,000 or something. It was insane. I mean, if you have the money. Oh, no, I know. Because I'm just saying like he wakes up in the morning and just says like 20s printing out. But, um, yeah, he, yeah. he signed a really big deal there. And it, like he, I mean, he got, they got a World Series with him, but I didn't think that was the, it was they paid a lot to get him. I don't think he's as good as what he was being paid, but that's not my decision. He has a ring out of it. I don't think he minds. Um, so the Athletic released a Pirates offseason prediction article that I read, and they don't expect any big moves from the Pirates, but they said look for bullpen, a rotation guy, and possibly an outfielder, an outfielder option like a three-four guy. And the names they came up with were Twins closer Brad Boxberger and Dodgers starter Alex Wood. Obviously, none of these are going to happen because they're not guys that are going to command like $100,000. These guys are going to want real money. So there's no real validity to this. As much as I'd like to see a guy like Boxberger or Wood sign to the team, we just don't make those free agent signings anymore, especially in a year with COVID. And you know they're going to milk that excuse for the next decade. So, what do you think anything significant is going to happen this offseason? Um, probably, but it's going to be negative. What it's not going to be like, like an add-on. It's going to be a subtraction. What, are they going to move out like Bell or Blanco? Probably. I could see it. There was another article talking about whether they should re-sign Bell, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, as, there's no way. Get as much assets as you can for him, because right now he's like – a diamond in a pile of shit <laughs> to get him out of there. I know. That's what I mean. Get him out. Get all, take, take whatever prospects you can. And then like wait until one of them turns out to be really good. And then um, trade them and just keep, keep it going. Keep, keep it moving. I'm with it. I'm with it. It's going to keep, you know, just keep it moving. Don't stop like you're a ski lift at a ski resort. Exactly. Keep it going. Just, you know, the, the chain, yeah, it's great. There hasn't been people that have been wanting to, um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll go with uh, – there's been, there hasn't been many people that have wanted to, uh, you know, ride the ride since, like, 1979. The uh, chain's pretty rusty. Definitely a lot of, like, hippie, hippie stuff going on on this ride. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just keep it going. Keep it rotating. Just add enough oil every year. you you got to remember, you got to add enough oil to the crap chain every year. So it just slowly keeps spinning. It's got to slowly spin enough to make it look like that it is a ski lift. That's the trick. It just has to look like a functioning ski lift. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be a good one. It just has to be functioning. And then as long as it keeps cranking in the money, that's all that matters. 
I agree. Uh, last bit of uh, baseball news is Yadier Molina, future Hall of Famer, catcher. He is a free agent for the first time in a while, and he wants a multi-year deal at the ripe age of 39, I believe. I don't know how many people are going to are willing to dish out a multi-year deal to a 39-year-old catcher. <laughs> I don't say it. I don't know. At 39 years old, there's no way. Because even at like 37, you're still you're you're like, well, at most you're getting what like three until you're because the, um, the the magic number is 40. Once people see the four, it is like no, you're okay. getting one year max. I have to correct myself. He's 38. I apologize. Oh, okay, 38. How much does know. that change things? <laughs> I, he's still in the maybe getting a one two year max. Yeah, they're not. It's not confirmed that uh, he's going to return to St. Louis, which would be really crazy to see him as any like anywhere other than St. Louis. But it's like Albert Pujols. Whenever he left and went to the Angels, that's that's still weird. Ooh, what if Yachty goes to the Angels? That'd be kind of ironic. Playoff team. They do, exactly. They do what um, they do what uh, Tampa Bay did to New England. Just like kind of you know. Yeah. Everybody okay. in the group. Adam Wainwright's going to go to uh, the Angels as well. Get the old oh, band, perfect. The band back together. So that's it for baseball. Uh, free agency started today or yesterday or something, and there were a bunch of qualifying offers given out, and there were, we haven't heard if anyone's going to be – anyone's going to accept them or not. So next episode, we're going to have a lot of news for off-season baseball, like, you know, movement. So on to the NFL. Now that we talked about all baseball stuff, we expect more news later, but – on to the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated. Again, they beat the Ravens, the game that everyone thought would be the end of the Steelers' undefeated season. They keep on moving, and their next three games are pretty easy. I think it's Dallas, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati. So you said you watched part of this game. How did you feel about the performance? I did. I managed to watch about the first half of it, then I had a school activity. Um, I don't know. It was definitely one of the probably – Arguably the the uh, hardest game they've had all year, but it was just yeah it, it it definitely lived up to the hype because I believe the Steelers were six and nine and the Ravens were five and one, and now they have the two game gap on the Ravens. Definitely a very hard fought battle until the end. I was more curious to see. This is kind of unfortunate because I didn't get to see the second half, but uh, the. Previous two games, it was um, an explosive Steelers offense up until about halftime, and then it was just—I don't want to say straight tank, but like it was close. Like it was a—it was a really, really, really ugly second half for them for the past couple games. I mean, to the point of where, who was it before the Ravens? They literally won. Yeah, they literally won because they missed the field goal. Yep. And forced overtime, so they definitely had uh, some very, very close calls. Yeah, this was a very hard-fought match. Both teams, just defensively, it was it was brutal. Yeah, I was able to watch the end there, and there was a great defensive play because um, the the Ravens were able to get into like Pittsburgh territory, but they were down by four, so they needed a touchdown, not a field goal. And Lamar threw it up, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and there's another defensive back. Uh, I think it was Lane. Uh, they just make a perfect play to get the ball out of there and the ends of the game. A bunch of Ravens fans were trying to cry pass interference, but it wasn't. It was just a perfect play. That defense is really incredible. They, that's all time, like the performing. But like they're, With T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, 
all those guys have been performing like outstanding and they were able to stop Lamar Jackson and he was terrible throwing the ball yesterday. He was just God awful. And that's the reigning MVP. So if we're able to shut him down, I think that we can shut, they can shut down anybody. And the next three games, as long as they don't take the, they, they don't like under underappreciate the opponent. I think that they should be pretty easy wins, but next week is Dallas and they're they're without Dak Prescott for the rest of the year, and their backup Andy Dalton is concussed. He didn't play this past week, but he did play what? No, I wanted to just before we move on um, some more insight with the Steelers. Just okay, before we move on too far, um, no. What I was going to say is I know um, the officiating definitely got brought up because I think it was was it in the first quarter where there were definitely there were um a couple of blown calls i think there were like pass interference but um yeah i think one was uh i gotta think no but one of them was um like uh i think it was a, ca- a uh, pass for the steelers where they were uh, arguing over if it was a catch or not and they definitely kind of ended up milking that one because i think that was sort of like the i guess payback because i think the refs know they screwed up I think it was, I remember it was pretty early into the game, but yeah, the refs definitely got some um, hate from I from both sides early on. I didn't see the second half, so I don't really know how that fed into it. But um, yeah, that was definitely something to watch out for. And the Steelers, uh, I think their biggest problem was the inside linebacker this past game. They really let the Ravens run like right up the middle. That's because Devin Bush was injured. He's out for the season. But last night, they acquired from the Jets Avery Williamson, who's going to fill the hole until Bush gets back. They got him with a seventh-round pick for just a fifth-rounder, so just downgrading their pick a little bit, and they get a big upgrade in the linebacking department. So I think it's a good deal for them, and hopefully that works out in that end. Um, Ravens defensive back Marlon Humphrey tested positive for COVID today, right after the game, and he played all defensive snaps for the Ravens. So, Troy, how soon is it until we see a Steeler with a positive test? Oh, man. I don't know. It almost seems like the Steelers have evaded this for so long just because it seems like they have been riding on the edge just with, like, um, like when I remember whenever the Titans had it and then they ended up moving that game. Like, it seems like they were they are literally just, like, riding the fence down through the uh, string of games I don't know. It's it's almost hard for the just someone for one of the linemen to not end up with it, just considering they are literally what, at most like two feet apart. <laughs> Best case scenario, but yeah, the fact that he was there for the it, it the entire game for the most part, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to not have any positives. I guess it's a good thing that they caught it. Um, earlier than later just because it would have been rough with you know trying to contain the um you know all the linemen and stuff because you definitely have to like isolate them now just because they were around him the most but yeah if this were later on in the week and they had team practices and whatnot then you definitely would have had a uh, bigger spread that's even if there if someone ends up with a positive case we don't know i'm sure Everyone's getting tested now, at least everyone on the line uh, probably for sure is getting tested and then in isolation and whatnot. But I guess we'll find out in the upcoming days. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, 
So Ravens offensive lineman Ronnie Stanley, who days after signing a five-year, I think it was close to $100 million extension with the Ravens, was out for the season. He took a really weird fall. Uh, he hurt his ankle real bad, and John Harbaugh, head coach of the Ravens, says he's out for the year. So that's a big blow because they have such a mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson that they need a steady line, and he was probably the most steady uh, player on that line. Kind of sucks to see him go down as a football fan, but as a Steeler fan, uh, I'm really okay with it because we're going to have T.J. Watt just destroying a second-string offensive tackle I guess. next time we play. I don't know. Them. It's still <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you – I saw the play. It was definitely like a – it was a really weird thing because I think he had like – there was a guy that fell into like the side of his leg and then his like ankle bent – See, I originally thought it was like a knee injury just because of the way he fell because I think his knee got pushed like inward and then his ankle. So I kind of thought it was more of like a knee thing. But, yeah, it was definitely a really weird injury. And then, yeah, he never ended up getting up. So that's kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, this is definitely going to hurt them in the future, which I guess good for the Steelers. But, you know, you never really like to see a guy go down even no matter, you know, what side what side of the uh fence they're on yeah i absolutely agree with that um more injury news the san francisco 49ers are going to be without two of their top offensive weapons for the next few weeks uh george kittle tight end and quarterback garoppolo are both out with injuries and it's a very tight division over there in the nfc west and it seems like they may be throwing in the towel because they traded that one of their uh, star linebackers quan alexander to the New Orleans Saints for Kiko Alonso and a pick. That all happened today. And another trade happened today. The LA Chargers traded their all-pro defensive back, Desmond King, to the Titans for a sixth-round pick. And uh, Bengals wide receiver John Ross is, uh, made a trade request. There's a lot of trade hap- trades happening or trade news happening because tomorrow, I believe, is the deadline, is the trade deadline in the NFL. And normally there aren't too many trades in the NFL just because – Players are easier easier to get. A lot of guys get cut and everything, and you can kind of force your way out if you want. But we've seen a lot more trades in the past few years, and I don't see the Steelers making anything else because they already got their guy, uh, Avery Williamson, yesterday. But we'll see what happens. Uh, one of the crazier things that happened this past weekend in the NFL was Bears wide receiver Javon Wims. Uh, he went up to Saints defender Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and just punched him. And they started fighting, and it was a big fight that happened on the field during yesterday's game between the Bears and Saints. And it was quite quite the commotion, and Wims is out two weeks. He was suspended two weeks uh, by the NFL for that incident. We don't see fights happen that often in the NFL, but it was pretty pretty crazy to see. Yeah, it was definitely weird to see. I, I saw the uh, replay for this. I don't know. Yeah, it was just like he just walked – Lambs just straight up, like, walked up to um, Johnson, and it was just weird. He just, like, straight up punched him, and then um, Johnson turns and he's just like, what the hell is going on? And then he just keeps on flailing, so, you know, he fights back. But I don't know. I feel like two weeks is kind of weak. Just kind of weak for a punishment because it wasn't even, like, but you know what I mean? Like, if they were going at it or whatever for, like, the entire play, then fair enough. But he just straight up, like, walked up to him and, like, clocked him in the head. So, like, 
I don't know. I feel like two weeks is kind of weak. That's just me personally, because out of a what is it, sixteen week season? Yeah. I don't know. That just doesn't seem like a very big penalty for just straight up going up and clocking a guy that wasn't even like suspecting it. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I think there probably will be more backstory to exactly what happened that comes out in the next few days. But to my knowledge, I don't really know what led up to it. There may be something out there I just haven't seen. But it's pretty weird. But, uh, you know, it's very uh, exhilarating to see because we see fights in hockey all the time. And football. Uh, yeah, not anymore with the current game, but, you know, more than any other sport. Yeah, definitely more than uh, football. Or you're not going to see uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson go go at it <laughs> on the uh, fairway. Yep. But um, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, a Chargers uh, team doctor punctured the lung of quarterback Tyrod Taylor, and he's been out ever. I think he's been out ever since because of it. And we had another medical mishap with the NFL this week, in where Raiders offensive lineman Trent Brown who's also the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, to my knowledge, was hospitalized before the game this, uh, yesterday because there was a mishap with his IV. Apparently, uh, oxygen got into his IV and his blood was becoming too oxygenized, oxygenated, excuse me, which uh, that's the fault of the doctor because they must have punctured a hole or something in the uh, AV, I mean, the IV uh, bag. So... We, we really got the best doctors working for the NFL, huh? Oh, yeah, this definitely – yeah, this is just I – don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I don't know. What's coming up next week? All the guys in Denver, they're going and, they're, like, they're hitting oxygen. It turns out to be, like, um, like freaking welding gas or something. And they're just Cyanide. Like, freaking, like, <laughs> exactly. They're just, like, dropping dead on the sidelines because they screwed up the tank or something. I don't know. What – just – what a series of events. I don't know. This is just – it's got to be some fluke thing or something. But, like, I don't know. What's next? You're almost waiting, you're almost waiting for, like, some – just for, like, just peak of some guy to fall – or for some guy to get hurt. And then whenever they bring the card out to pick him up, to just straight up just run the guy over. Just straight <laughs> up plow him over, put him out of his misery – and just call it a day. You're almost waiting for something like that to happen. Hopefully it doesn't, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's almost like they're playing the um, – what's the game where you have the guy in the tweezers and there's like the metal thing and if you touch operation. it, it like zaps. Operation. It's like operation, except with like, you know, way higher stakes. But, you know. You know who's going to be driving the cart that runs over the next guy? Who? Roger Goodell. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, I'm waiting for – yeah, that will definitely end up on some Barstool shirts. But uh. <laughs> um, So that's it for the NFL. The one thing that happened in college football I wanted to talk about was presumptive number one overall pick this, uh, this upcoming draft, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of Clemson. He's out with COVID. He missed this past game. And Clemson, number one, uh, the number one ranked team in the nation, almost lost. They were down big to, I believe, Boston College. Uh, this past week in the first half, but then they were able to claw their way back, showing truly how like how valuable he is to that team. And he's also going to miss next week's game against Notre Dame. So obviously a big loss, but he's like this doesn't affect his draft stock at all. He's the the, the top player in the draft. He's the best quarterback prospect people have said since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. 
So this doesn't affect anything with him, but, you know, get well soon, yep. Trevor. All right, I guess moving on to kind of close things out, we'll brush on some things. Um, out of yield, NASCAR, you know, everyone's favorite. Um, we I believe we brought up the Kyle Larson story, uh, just some, uh, I guess, backstory for that. He, they were doing – NASCAR ran basically like an eSports league, and Larson got caught with a hot mic, and, um, yeah, we'll go with uh, Rachel Slur. Definitely didn't go over well. Didn't look good for the, um, I guess, league, if you want to call it that at all. Definitely, yeah, not a good thing. He inked a new deal with um, Hendrick Motorsports. I believe he's eligible to come back January 1st. So, yeah, that's definitely not a, I don't know. That's that's just not a, not a great look for NASCAR. But business is business. Do whatever you want. I don't know. You can arguably put that. You can kind of put this in the same boat with what the Coyotes did. So, yeah, yeah. just not a very good look. But, I think uh, I think it's more accepted in NASCAR than it is hockey, though. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's like for NASCAR in general, this definitely isn't a uh, great look for them. I'm moving on. Moving on to golf off of our what was it last week's where man smacks ball less times than anybody else wins yes. big car, lots of money. We have the Masters Tournament that is going on from November 12th through 15th. It will not have fans, and I believe they're going to have the same rules where if you smack the ball less than anybody else, you win a – you win like a like a suit jacket and then like a like a trophy and probably just a bunch of money. But, um, yeah, so we have that going on. That is November 12th through 15th. So, you know, still have – uh, what, week and a half, couple weeks, something like that. So I guess I have that to look forward to if that's really your thing. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's kind of it for this one. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. That's I think that's everything for us this week. Uh, you guys are going to be able to listen to the sweet outro if you stay for the next, like, ten seconds. But, um, yeah. but that's everything. Uh, Good podcast. I think we got a lot of content in there. Uh, we're going to try to think of some segments to, uh, you know, organize this a little better, but we're going to, we're going to think about that the next the next week or two. I'm definitely going to try to get a better mic because that's overdue. And uh, yeah, we're getting more professional. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, yeah. If you guys have any suggestions for segments or something, you can DM us on Twitter, or just straight up like tweet at us. Whatever works. I think what we were kind of thinking is doing something where it's like top play. I was thinking something along the line of where we do like top plays of the week or something and then like predictions for the future. And I guess the other one, I don't know, we're kind of working. The, other, the I think we want to ideally get like three segments. So there we, we have two kind of set in stone. But the third one, we're kind of open just because I think we're going to try to do it where it's like not so like sport specific, but something where we can like dig in because it seems like for most of these, you, we, we pretty much report on like, I guess what's in season. So like, obviously it was, this one was baseball heavy, but I think we're just trying to whip up some, I don't know, I guess new material and get some consistency going as we, you know, improve the, we're improving the quality here and, you know, still having fun in the process. So I think we're still trying to, um, yeah, still trying to get a feel for this. Yeah, I'm, hope I'm you guys ha- are enjoying it. I know that. Yeah, me too. All right, hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, 
Yeah, feel free to tweet at us or whatever if you have any recommendations at the end report. Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this one. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you uh, presumably next Monday. It's probably going to have to come out. We're probably It's probably going to come out a day or two before that just with schedules. But, uh, yeah, expect one at the latest on Monday. But probably it's going to end up coming a little bit earlier. So, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you. Adios. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at The Unit Report. <laughs>